0: Hello, this is AJ Roberts, 15-year British Forces veteran, entrepreneur, high-performance coach and loving father and husband. This podcast is for the motivated, for the inspired, for those looking to level up their lives through fitness, nutrition and their mindset. Welcome to the best version of you. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another awesome episode of The Best Version of You. I'm AJ Roberts, and today we've got an outstanding guest all the way from over in El Salvador. Um, he's Australian. He's Mr. Damien Ryder. How you doing, Damien?
1: Good, mate, how you going?
0: Brilliant, mate. Um, Dave, guys, Damien is a multiple world record breaker and holder. He's uh, an, an adventurer. He's an inspirational speaker, a mental health advocate, and has worked and run multiple charities uh, to do with um, against child abuse. And he's forever traveling around breaking all these (laughs) unbelievable records um, whilst living the dream. Um, Damien, like, it's it's crazy, mate. Just going through your website and stuff at all the events that you've done. Um, We'll talk about those more in a minute, but like, but where did where did this all start for you, this kind of like love for uh, doing adventurous things? Have you been on like that ever since you were a boy?
1: Uh look you know, looking back I would say I was always uh an an endurance athlete, just out of survival, really, you know. I lived on the streets at a young age and had to sort of fend for myself and then I you know, I took to skateboarding from you know, the age of six or seven, sort of thing. So that was my, always my vessel to uh, to get out of the house and keep out of the house all day. So I would just sort of skateboard all day, you know, um, from sun up to sun down and beyond. So I was kind of always like that, and, and always just use you know physical attributes to be able to um, to get through things and, and to take my mind off off everything, you know. Um, throughout my life, like I tried a lot of things, you know, you know, I went down the drug and alcohol path. And, you know, the relationships, the sex addict, the whatever it was, you know, trying to, to um, just mask everything and trying to find his happiness, really, you know, uh, and just finding ways just to uh, satisfy my needs, I guess, at the time, you know, um, sort of feeling vulnerable and needy at the same time, but also wanting to be strong, and so, you know, it's a pretty confusing time, and you know, I had no, no role models, no father figure or, or anyone like that in my life as well to be able to turn to, to go, hey, you know, what the hell's going on here? Why am I thinking these thoughts? How do I get rid of them? Who am I? What do I do? What am I supposed to do? What am I good at? You know, like such a confusing time, you know, growing up. And I think it is for, for a lot of people as well, you know, whether you come from a good life or not, you know, it's, um, you know, life can sort of get a bit of a hold of you. Uh, But yeah, I just had these other things, other little demons that were hanging over my head and they just sort of control most of my life, really, and uh, just made simple tasks, just a bit of a battle to get through and just made things a little bit more complicated. And um, of course, with the monkey mind that goes on as well, you know, little self-chatter happening, you know, self-doubt and everything that, you know, again, a lot of us go through during the day and, uh, you know, so that was sort of controlling me and... And then social media started, you know, and you start looking at what other people are doing. Or should I be living my life like that? And yeah. you know, it's uh, it kind of gets a bit more confusing as uh, as as time's gone on. I think you know, and uh, people start losing uh, losing their self a bit. And uh, I know I definitely did. And I just uh, it got to a point, you know, I had a few suicide attempts, and uh, just thought like I can't uh, can't keep going on like this and keep harming myself and others around me. I need to find out who I am. And uh, I've gone through a divorce and that kind of, I guess, triggered off things a bit. And uh, one thing my, my ex-wife did say to me, which was harsh at the time, she said, oh, you gotta sort your own fucking shit out yourself. And I'm like, whoa, that's harsh. You know, I'm trying to open up to someone I love here. She's like, go and sort it out yourself. I'm like, well, why be married, You know, like, <laughs> I, need, I need someone there. So, But it wasn't until about two years later, you know, the, that voice and those words really resonated with me and I thought, you know what, I've just got to sort this out myself. Uh, so I, I went back to what I knew and, um, you know, that I was a natural athlete. Uh, I was able to push the limits and I just wanted to do something that I was really proud of. Um, I'd, I'd already left. I was living in Melbourne at the time. I'd gone back up to the Gold Coast I started back surfing again and started in the ocean. And I could feel, you know, I was feeling um, more at peace and uh, naturally happy, not putting that fake smile on. And uh, I just wanted to do something to to encourage people to get down into the water to start off with until I, uh, yeah, January 3rd.
0: Do you think just um, being in such an outdoors country like Australia was like a big advocate to helping you just overcome that? Um, I'm saying that as someone from the UK, we have four seasons, you know, and you, you see people like now and it's winter here and it's just, people are just so dreary sometimes and you, you, you don't really see people getting out and about as much. Um,
1: yeah, look, I mean, definitely like it, it's cold in Melbourne as well, you know, so I wanted to, what I just thought about was, you know, where was I the most happiest and felt the most free naturally, you know, and what didn't cost anything, Um you know and that was for me just back in the ocean you know surfing a wave and paddling around and and feeling vulnerable out in the ocean and in, in mother nature you know it's um you know it's a pretty powerful place and you know it's uh like i give my life to it you know i i thank the ocean every day and i thank the paddle that i want went on every day like i saved my life and changed
0: my life nice no, mate that's awesome and it's uh a lot, of people, a lot of the people I work with, you know, whether it's personal clients or whether it's just people that have just cried out and needed some help and stuff like that. One of the things I always uh, speak to them about is what they're currently doing now and pretty much all of them don't involve any real form of physical exercise or getting outdoors, you know, getting amongst nature, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you're getting to make those simple changes and you just see the massive difference it has in the, in the personal, uh, even, even professional lives all the time, every, every single time. Um, it's such an important thing that we have on our doorstep to be able to utilize and, you know, and it's just not enough people are doing it. Um, and I guess also it takes you completely away of all the stresses that modern day society puts on us. You know, like everyone wants a piece of your, everyone wants an instant text message back, everyone wants you to answer your phone and stuff like that. But when you're out on the water, for example, that's just like, that's completely gone. It's just you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you just leave it on the shore. You know, you look back, and that's it. You know, it's worried about that next wave, and and uh, and that's it. But yeah, like you like you said, you know, um, you know the thing with being physical and training or running or whatever it is, you know, it's um it's measurable. You know, you can see yourself progressing forward. You know, mm. and it just helps in your in your daily life as well because you know it's subconsciously you know you're moving forward. A lot of people get stuck in their life and stuck in a rut and stuck doing the same thing day after day. But if you change that and you're doing something, whether it's you start off by walking around the block and then you might run around the block, then you might go for a 5K run and then you might do a half marathon, you know, it's all progressive forward. And even though you're doing one simple thing like putting on some runners and going for a run, which is easy enough and accessible for everyone, you know, you, um, you, you just get those wheels in motion again to keep on going, you know, keep forward, keep moving forward and people's minds just start opening up to what else can I do? What else can I try? You yeah. know, let's do this.
0: And I guess that's where, uh, well, your, the adventurer side of life came about for yourself. You got to a point physically, I guess, and then that's when you started sort of seeking challenges and stuff like that. And, you know, you only have to look at your website and just see the itinerary of challenges that you've done, uh, many of whom, uh, or many of, I never would have imagined anybody doing myself. I mean, you you ran a marathon carrying a thirty-six pound mattress. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what was the uh, what was the idea behind that exactly?
1: Ah, uh, you know, with all these challenges, I there's not a hell of a lot of thought that goes in. Like i just, I have a message. i go, how am I going to spread this message out to a wider audience now? And it was basically, you know, it all, it all snowballed. And this is how quick it went. Mate came in, he's like, I'm going to run uh, the Gold Coast Marathon. I'm like, oh, when is it? He's like, it's in uh, 10 days. I'm like, oh. Um, then instantly my head goes, all right, well, what's the most awkward thing to carry besides life on your shoulders? And that's a mattress. You know, when you move in house, the last thing you want to move is that bloody mattress. You know. So I thought, oh, well, I'll just carry a mattress. Yeah, that's what I'll do. My mate's like, I'm going to run the half. You're going to run the half? I said, oh, no, there's a full marathon. I'll just run the full. And I hadn't trained. I'm not a marathon runner at all, right? And uh, he's like, you're going to run the full with a mattress. You ever run with a mattress? I said, no, nah, but I'll get a mattress. So, and that's about all it was, you know. And I had it put this big sign on it saying, uh, you know, never lay down, never give up. And uh, that was the whole thing about carrying the mattress. And um, right, it was one of the toughest things I've ever bloody done, I'll tell you. It was, it was pretty grueling on me. And, and again, you know, my head just instantly goes to the hardest way to do something naturally without even, yeah, yeah. even having conscious decision. And I got about 500 meters into this race and just went, yeah, you know what? I could have probably just grabbed like a normal foam mattress. Sign- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same message, you know. A little five pound or three pound foam bit of foam mattress would have been perfect. Now nah, I've got to go for the full Sealy inner spring mattress and chuck it up on the shoulder. You know?
0: Oh, man. Is it like <laughs> even, even just looking at the photos and that? You know, just being able to hold that mattress—you completely led over to one side. So to be able to do a marathon distance carrying it in—that's like a twenty-six. Was it twenty-six point two miles stress position?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So every 20 seconds, I'd just roll it over my head to the other side and have this system going that I like. I never put it down once in the nearly seven hours that I ran. Yeah. I just like just rolled it over and I ran. I roll over <clears throat> wow. I started off sort of running. But the hardest part with it, with it was um, because there was so much weight on my shoulders, my whole running date had to completely change. So yeah. I just had to run flat footed, like I'm a midfoot striker usually, and I just bounce along but I just had to run like just flat foot along. So it's different muscles that I was using the whole time. And I'd probably got about, I don't know, 10 miles, eight miles into it. And I was just pulling hammies and calves, every single step, just shooting up like, like, like lightning bolts. And, and I'd have to like do this like oh, little hobble along, like I've just put myself or something until uh, it went away. And then I'd run for a couple of steps and it would come again. And I'd sort of just, waddle along again and then I'd start running so I sort of just went along that way you know and even though it's uh you know 36 pound mattress on the last five miles it felt like it was 236 pounds you know it was just it was crushing me just weighing me down crushing me and um yeah I mean it, it was it was super grueling on me and uh it, it took a lot of recovery from it but um, you know I, I did the did the victory run at the end, I was in so much pain. I was just like, and it was about 400 metres to go. And I was just, I could hear someone yell out in the microphone, and here comes the mattress man. I'm just like, <laughs> I just start this run and I was singing, don't fall down, just make it to the end at least, you know. <laughs> yeah. Did, um, yeah, but,
0: so obviously you're talking about sort of getting messages out there and stuff like that. Like what was the, the message you were trying to achieve from with the mattress and doing a marathon with it? I uh, just
1: never lay down, never give up and anything's possible. You
0: yeah, know, I've never, been, never yeah. been done
1: before as, you know, uh, another world record. Not that I care about accolades of, of being a world record or a world first, but I just like to do things that no one's done before just, yeah. to, just so I know, just so I don't know it's possible. Because mm. if someone else has done it, then it's possible.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what yeah. I mean? But if it's, no one's done it, I can't even ask anyone how to do it. I've just got to work it out myself, which I love, you know, so it's just that that problem solving and the new way of training, which opens up more doors to, uh, to others, other sorts of learning, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree. And uh, one of my uh, good friends I've had on the show, he's a, a British adventurer um, and he's off doing stuff all the time that's different. Um, and like, you know, loads of people do marathons or climb mountains and stuff like that for charity, don't they? Um, so like he's got his own charity for, um, children in war torn countries. And he's a big believer. If you're going to raise money for charity stuff that like, you need to just make, make it that extra bit different. So, um, sure. like he, he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, but he did it barefoot. Um, and Epic. yeah, so he said like, obviously if it's the big difference between raising 500 pounds for your charity or 500,000 pounds for your charity because, yep. um, just things like that. So, you know, I imagine. You, you would have stood out a mile running with a, a huge mattress on your shoulder. Um, did Did you get uh, a lot of um, a lot a lot of people speaking to you after that? Like sponsorships? Did you get any mattress companies wanted to sponsor you for your next events?
1: Nah, not not uh, not mattress companies, but uh, you know, like I've I've got Mizuno shoes. They always look after me, and Sunto watches. You know, oh,
0: right,
1: cool. Yeah, yeah, they've been really good to me, and um, you know, Smith Sunnies have come on and. Inky Sunnies and stuff like that. So those sort of people help me out, um, you know, but I kind of don't rely too much on uh, on sponsorship or, or donations or anything. I just, uh, you know, I just do what I do and I uh, make films out of it or write books and just sort of self-fund my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's always been for me, you know, this is this is my cause and um, this is what I believe in. So I shouldn't have to rely on other people to uh, to support what I believe in, you know. Yeah. People can People come and go and, um, you know, they join for a while and they do what they do and and every bit sort of counts along the way and I'm super grateful for anyone who jumps on. But, you know, for me, it's more just about showing people what's possible in life and, uh, yeah, it's not... not, Because for me, you know, like when I was trying to deal with all this stuff, I thought, right, if I had all this money, then, you know, then I'll be happy and rada rada, you know? And I got to a stage where I had all the money in the cars and the penthouses and this and that, and I was just like, this isn't like, sure, you know, buying a new Audi is like awesome, but it's very short-lived, you know? All the trauma and everything, doesn't make anything go away, you know, internally. So, and because it was, um, you know, it didn't, um, because the uh, um, you know, that I didn't get cured by the money side of things. Well, then, um, you know, the, uh, that's why I don't promote money side. You know, it's just you don't need that to uh to, to heal, you don't need that to uh um, to fix yourself, and you don't need it to jump in the ocean as well. You know,
0: no, exactly. I, I totally agree. Man, uh, I, I did a post about. Uh, materialistic stuff um, just for Christmas actually just for just for some of the people to think about I wasn't like pointing fingers or anything else like that but you know like I said uh, a, a next a next wallet holds the same amount of money as an Armani wallet you know yeah. a, a Ford can drive you to the same destination as a Bentley um, so it's not always about stuff and like you were saying there it's like in the moment all the money and the cars is and and that other, you could be happy but you're not fulfilled and you've obviously then, you know, you've identified that and then done something about it to find that fulfillment, which you're doing now with obviously with all these like awesome challenges and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. You know, so that's why I try and promote the people, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, every time I, I do an event, you know, people will come up and say, oh, how much money did you raise? And I'd say, well, oh, you know, shouldn't you be asking how many people did I save? Because that's why I did it. Yeah. I do the events, that's why I push myself to, to those extremes. And it's just, uh, you know, it's, um, but what it seems extreme to, to other people is my normal now, I guess, you know, it's just, and it, it's uh, it's strange what can become you normal. And, uh, you know, even guys who, you know, I've never been in the military, but I know a lot of guys are like veterans and that. And, um, you know, speaking with them, you know, it's, what their normal is and what they see as normal would blow people's minds.
0: Yeah. yeah. Of, um,
1: you know, yeah. like the violence and destruction and death and everything, you know, yeah. is just becomes a part of life that is so far away from other people's reality, you know?
0: Mm. No, no, I, I totally concur. With, uh, I used to experience it a lot myself with uh, two of my three brothers who were also military um, and we used to have like family Do's do and functions and stuff like that like I found our cousins and aunties and uncles and that would say hello to us but they didn't really know how to talk to us yeah, um, yeah we just always we always ended up sitting on our own little table together it was um, because we, we were out of that little norm if you know what I mean out of that bubble but but to us every day that kind of stuff is just like part of everyday job so to speak yeah. or like, a few like everyday sort of challenges and stuff like that yeah. um, speaking like out of the norm out of the craziness um, as what you know most normal people would uh, would consider you uh, you paddle like completely unsupported for seventeen days like solo um, you had multiple shark encounters, starvation, dehydration uh, you were knocked unconscious numerous times uh, just to accomplish this goal yep. now um, this ended up. Being part of a National Geographic produced film, wasn't it? Uh, Heart of the Sea.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: Um, well, again, what was the what was the thinking behind that? I mean, obviously, being you know loving the ocean and understanding it a bit and being good on the board and that stuff would have put you in really good stead. But a 17 day solo and totally unsupported—that's nuts.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to though as well. But, um, yeah, look, you know, it's same thing. Like I was supposed to just do a 24 hour one, but, um, I, you know, a boat sponsor pull out four days earlier and I was just like, wow. And I'd just trained up eight months. Like I really just broken myself back down to my raw foundations. You know, I got rid of my car and if I need to get anywhere, I'd run, I just made it completely my life just to rebuild myself from ground up all over again, my way. And, um, you know, just become the strongest version of myself mentally and physically that I could. And then, um, yeah, the boat sponsor pulled out and I spoke to a mate and he's like, well, what are you going to do because you're ready, you know? And I was like, man, I'm just going to paddle to Sydney. So that was 800 kilometers, 500 miles. He goes, how, are you gonna, how long is it going to take on Saturday? I don't know, about 20 days. He goes, you can't even get a boat sponsor for 24 hours. How are you going to get one for 20 days? So I said, no, nah, man, I've got a board. I've got a water pack on there put some food on, walk down on the local beach, I'm going to start paddling. And the phone went silent for a bit and he goes, all right, I'll see you when you get here. And I'm like, and that's kind of all, all it was. And then, but people would say, it's impossible. You can't make it. How can you make it? And my answer was always, well, Nemo made it, and he had one <laughs> flipper. <laughs> so I thought, oh, well, I can do it on a paddleboard with two arms, you know? <laughs> so kind, of, kind of that's how it was, you know? Like, I knew I'd trained up, and I was physically strong enough, I'd thought. And um, my, my first leg was from Rainbow Bay to Byron Bay, and uh, that was 68 kilometers, and I'd only paddled 40 kilometers consecutively before that during my training. So the first leg of it was it was one and a half times what I was kind of used to anyway. Uh, so I wasn't even quite sure where I was going to make the first leg, really. Mm-hmm. And I uh, paddled out and, and you know, a massive. St- I was paddled straight in this huge storm. And then the sun came out and I got burned and pretty much faced everything uh, along on that first paddle, and I was so tired. It took 13 hours, 13 and a half hours that first paddle did. Wow. And, uh, and got in and slept at the surf club there, just uh, just in front of the beach, and then uh, got out in the morning, and then then the next sort of four days were just super tough on me. Um, you know, I got pitched, I'd lost food and water a few times, I hadn't worked out how to keep it on the board properly, and um, you know, it's nearly like unconscious underwater, and. I shark attacks and uh, circled and stalked and knocked off and um, yeah. drownings, um, you know, everything was kind of going on and, you know, I was just thinking, wow, like, and I was, you know, in the water by myself and there was times, like, even on uh, day two, you know, I was paddling along these beaches that I hadn't seen anyone on the beach for at least eight hours, you know, no boats around, no nothing around, you know, and you're kind of, like, looking up to... You know, commercial airlines out of whatever, up in thirty thousand foot up in the air, going. I hope someone's looking out the window, looking at me. You know, knowing where I am, because <laughs> I had no ePerb, I had nothing, no communication. I just, you know, text people on Facebook and go, "Hey, I'm leaving Byron Bay. Hey, I made it here." You know, and that's yeah. that's kind of itch. You know, uh, the rest of the time, I just sort of have to just get along. And you know, uh, <laughs> you know like it was, it was tough. You know, it was. There were so many moments there, of course, where I was just like, far out, is this, is this too much for me, you know? Uh, but I just kept on going and I just kept looking at, uh, you know, when things got really tough, I just looked at a tree or a rock that I could see on the beach. And so long as I knew I was moving past it, then I knew I was moving forward, you yeah. know? And, uh, and that, that was enough for me. And and uh, that, that's what I ended up carrying through to, uh, to my normal life as well, you know? Just, yeah. Um, sometimes things don't go as fast as we want but just as long as they're progressing forward then we know we're all right
0: yeah oh no so it's unreal man absolutely hats off to you and uh, that was going to be sort of like one of my next questions like during that whole challenge you know there must have been a lot of times when you were asking yourself like you know A why the hell have I done this in the first place um, and B you know I, I don't know if I can go on
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, especially for the first five days, you know, it was uh, the on, yeah, on day four, it was really tough. I mean, I, I was just physically, mentally, emotionally, just absolutely exhausted. And um, yeah, I just, and I got stung by this jellyfish and I was just like, I was in a bit of a bad, bad way when I, when I came in and. And I was just thinking, wow, like, it's too much for me, you know? And if I had to stop then, every, no one would have cared. Everyone would have just said, amazing effort, what you did, you know what I mean? It was still like, you know, a, a great paddle and everything. And, but um, something happened, you know, and I, I woke up that next... Whoa. I woke up that, nec- that next morning and, um, you know, it was like I hadn't even paddled anywhere. You know, everything had gone and uh, the demons that were sitting on my shoulders. And at that time, they were sitting right in front of my face, basically, just just really drilling at me. Um, they were gone and I just got in the water and it was this beautiful overcast day. And it was the water was just like calm and I paddled out. And I'd been paddling for about five minutes and a 15-foot white pointer came past me about 10 foot away. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I just kept on paddling and I literally just said to him, G'day, mate just kept on paddling like, like nothing. Like I just didn't have a care in the world and I knew I was going to be all right after that. And so, you know, I still had long days and still had tough days, but um, I don't know. Look, everything just completely changed. And uh, when you see the film, heart of the sea, you can see, that's the first thing that people say, like we can see the change, like when it happened in the day on that, on the water. And uh, my face is different. I'm brighter. I'm lighter. And, um, happier and um, but yeah, I mean, I just can, kept continuing on and I just kept looking headland ahead and, and just kept aiming for that and um, you know, and again, it's funny what becomes your normal, like, so I'm looking up ahead and, you know, would be like, oh wow, you know, like you could see a headland maybe you know, 20 miles ahead and go, oh, it's only 20 miles, oh easy, I've got this, and like 20 miles on the paddle boards, a freaking long way, you know, yeah, just say to someone, yeah, get with your hands. Cause I had no paddle. It's just with my hands. So I'm just like digging in the water like this, you know. And then there was, I mean, there was times that, you know, there was just rock cliffs that I'd have to paddle past and, you know, for like three or four miles, just sort of sheer, sharp rock cliffs. You know, if anything had happened to me, I couldn't scale up them or anything, you know, and, those sort of times when there's that deep green water, you know, and it's yeah. looking eerie and everything. And it's just, you're putting your hands in the water and you're like, shit, just waiting for him to get nibbled on every time you put your hands in the water, you know, but so mm-hmm. uh, look, a lot of emotions go through your mind. But, you know, I was also able to uh, start thinking about everything I was proud of that had happened in my life to be able to keep going. Because of course, I kept asking myself that question of, how am I able to keep going? Yeah. Why aren't I stopping? You know, like I've I've been through so much. No one would blame me to stop now. I wouldn't even blame myself if I stopped now, but how am I able to keep going? You know, and those questions started ringing through my head. And, you you know, I was thinking about everything that I'd achieved in my life to that day and everything that I'd overcome to strengthen me to be able to have me have that resilience to be able to keep going through these things, you know, and, um, you know, and again, you know, that's why I give so much thanks to the ocean and for that paddle for giving me that awakening and making me, um, appreciate all my tough times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, this, that kind of thing is so relative to so many people is, you know, how you deal with tough times. And just generating that, or trying to generate that mental resilience to help you get through all the time. You know, not everybody has to go and do a 17-day a paddleboard, you know, yeah. in shark-infested waters. But at the same time, sometimes you need to, you need, well, you need to often put yourself in your uncomfortable zone to yeah. test yourself, because otherwise you just get far too comfortable, and the, you know, and that's when the slightest little things upset you and or occupy your headspace and stuff like that. You know. We, we all hear about this snowflake generation nowadays, um, where people get offended by everything and stuff like that. But it's just because the generation we live in now, everybody's got everything on a plate. Everything's so convenient, you know. People, kids aren't falling over and hurting themselves. They don't know what pain is. It's yeah. everything's just uh, gets people's emotions like up and down so so quickly, and it's because people never put themselves out of their comfort zone and find out you know, just how far their body or their mind can actually take them. Um, so, you know, the more people do that, the better And like just looking at the stuff that you've done in the past and continue to do so, you know, there's so many lessons for people to take from that, it's unreal.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, that's why I keep doing these events, you know, it's, um, it's 85% to do with other people and what I can share with other people and 15% of doing something I think would be cool, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely the message always, you know. And I do the extreme – I go to the extremes of pushing my comfort zone um, just so people can see what's possible. But I'm not asking anyone to go and do any of that, you know, even if they just want to bake a cake, you know. They've always wanted to learn how to bake a cake. You just go and bake one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just anything at all, you know. I-, I like having chili competitions. People go, this is the hottest chili in the world. Give it here. I'll have a go, you know. <laughs> just – <laughs> little silly things like that you know it's just but every bit you know adds up and you keep pushing that comfort zone a little bit wider and a little bit wider and instead of regressing down you know when we're kids where we explore it all and we're we're maniacs you know you see them on those little scooters and they they don't care what's in front of them they just head down go as fast as i can until i hit something yeah you know? <laughs> because that ain't care but later on we go oh shit you can't do that and you know look, Get wrapped up in cotton wool and just like, oh yeah. I can't do that. I, you know, can't speak that way. You can't say this. You can't do that. You just, or you, that's impossible. It's dangerous. You're gonna fail. You Just, you know, so much self-doubt gets put into our heads that we just start regressing away. You know, instead of expanding, who we are and finding out who we are. And especially like when you've been through trauma, you know, you get stuck in that, in that rut and in that past of, of what happened. You know, we need to take those baby steps to to just get started you know and uh, that's what i find you know with my challenges that you know it might have taken people you know to watch a few of my challenges over a few years to go right okay i'm not giving up on life i'm gonna start walking around the block i'm gonna start doing this you know i'm yeah. gonna take the, the excuses out of people's lives of Instead of them going, oh, I can't do that, it's too hard. Now they're like, well, if you can run a whole marathon with a mattress, I'm sure I can walk around the block. You
0: yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, this is why uh, I, try, I get people on the show, you know, like yourself and people from all different disciplines is because the message is generically the same. It's the, yeah. it, you, you trying to become the best version of yourself and you choose to do that via uh, pushing your body and your mind to, the extremes and you know doing all the awesome events that you've done um some people uh, just love to write books for example and get their message across that way through literature um some people would just you know go day to day traveling all around doing really amazing talks and that because they get to speak to loads of people at once but the whole message is always the same they're always teaching people trying to show people like the importance of becoming the best version of yourself, hence why I call the podcast what, what I called it and why I have the guests on that I do Um, You know, every single listener can relate to everybody in a certain way. Somebody who's sat there stuck within their own little ball and don't know how to get out. Um, usually some people just need that little push. Um, most people need to you know, hang around, get around a bit more positivity, but we've yeah. all got that one thing inside us that we want to do, um, but we, to procrastinate too much and don't end up doing it. So yeah. this is why I th- you know episodes like this, this are so important for you know all the listeners out there that they are just looking for that little bit of inspiration or um, something to just give them that little push over the edge, you know, to get them going and get them in that uncomfortable zone for a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, just it gives them permission. Yeah. Some permission to go and try something themselves. You know, uh, you know people interpret all sorts of things like people doing endurance events or whatever it is, you know, in their own way, just like they interpret songs, you know, might be different to why I did it, but songs are getting something positive out of it themselves, you know, that's,
0: um, that's, you know, it's a bonus. You know? Yeah. And, um, speaking with, uh, in regards to the challenges, uh, ladies and gents, I'll just quickly spiel off, um, a few of the things that Damien's done as well as obviously running a marathon with a mattress on his back. Um, he's done a 17-day solo paddleboard from uh, the Gold Coast down to down to Sydney with shark-infested waters. Um, he's also uh, the first, uh, world's first, to skate skateboard the famous Route 66 in America. Now, if you're not familiar with it, I believe it goes from um, the northeast down to the southwest, and he yeah, did it-
1: Chicago to Santa Monica.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry, Chicago to Santa Monica. Yeah. And um, he did it in 56 days and covered uh, over 2,500 miles on a skateboard. Uh, That was just one of his events. Um, He did a three-day non-stop event uh, with three different disciplines, uh, prone paddleboard 50 miles, uh, did stand-up paddleboard 50 miles, and then ran 80 miles around the island of Phuket in Thailand, the world's first anywhere in the world and he also done a uh, four-day solo and unsupported circumnavigation of the island of Phuket uh, in Thailand on a stand-up paddleboard and again that had never been attempted before. Um, one of the other really awesome things I really liked that you did um, was just last year um, you spent 50 days riding around on a motorcycle visiting schools and detention centres and veterans and uh, men's support groups and sport teams to talk about like, overcoming challenges uh, depression, suicide, and um, just helping people to be able to rise above it and keep moving forward. I think, um, for me, when I read that, I thought that's absolutely amazing thing that you've done there. Um, and it, you know, exchanging notes and tools with countries and all the leading universities and stuff like that, like Stanford, Harvard, all the lecturers, um, talk to us a bit about that trip, mate. Cause that's, uh, that, that's a that's pretty amazing thing to do. It's not something that you see people do every day. Uh, And as a veteran myself, we've lots of friends who have, uh, you know, gone through mental health issues and that, Uh, you know, people like that will be welcomed all the time.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, it was was time for me to do uh, another event. And every time I do my events, even though they seem pretty random, but they're all uh, strategic, you know, just how am I going to get that message out there to to a wider audience? And, you know, I'd never ridden... uh, a big Harley before, you know, I've ridden sort of smaller ones, so not like that, and definitely not that far, you know, I was in Thailand ripping around on scooters beforehand and on the wrong side of the road, you know, it's uh, <laughs> got a bit to get used to at the start, but um, for me, it, it was really about um, not just sharing my message and not just listening to other people, but really getting a feel for how people are able to keep keep moving forward and to really start honing down on on what was common between what I do what I teach other people what I've listened to and all these other people like homeless people veterans who are you know get knocked down keep getting up get knocked down and keep getting up why are they still able to keep getting up where others aren't Um, so it's really about that and you know, I went to some tough places like uh, like Baltimore Youth Detention Center, and you know, they were tough kids in there, and it was it was a tough crowd to deal with. And you know, but uh, you know what I left them with was was enough. You know, I was happy with just to be um to, to for them to connect with their breath and just disconnect from everything else that's going on and remind them that um, where they were isn't the end of the world; it's just the start. And they've just got to make some changes no matter where they are. They can make changes and, you know, and then into, into Philly, which is again, you know, a tough city. And, you know, I, uh, I washed the feet and gave shoes to 200 homeless people and wow. pretty, pretty humbling to be able to, you know, sit in, in front of someone and just listen to their story and, and while you're washing their feet, you know, and see them with a smile like by giving them new new pair of shoes and, you know, that was with Samaritan's Feet and, you know, it's amazing what they do and I, and I love that cause because, you know, my, my motto is about moving forward and if you've got a good pair of shoes on your feet, well, you know, you, you're pretty much on the way to, to start moving forward, you know. And then I travelled along, went up to New York and I uh, fed homeless people in Harlem and then, and then I worked with the LGBTQ group out of, uh, out of Brooklyn and just listen to them, you know. And these are uh, some of those people were, were didn't have long to live, they had HIV, and um, you know, but they're still smiling, they're still community together. And so, you know, to get a feel of that, and then I went up to Sandy Hook Elementary School, which is the school in the US that's had the most, uh, the highest number of massacre for gun shooting in a school. Yeah. And again, you know, I just wanted to get a feel of the town and understand it a little bit more. And um, I worked went up and saw uh, the Bikers Against Child Abuse in, uh, in Buffalo and the work they're doing is absolutely amazing. You know, it's, just, it's incredible. Like the governments all over the world need to take a leaf out of their books of, of what they're doing and how they're dealing with these kids. And any kid that they take on, like uh, they sponsor, they have 90, 97% success rate for conviction with the child going to court. Um, against the perpetrator which is absolutely amazing you know yeah. they empower them and as you know from the military like they they do the same thing they give a um, a challenge coin to the kids you know so when they're on the stand you know they they're hanging on to that coin knowing that they're not alone you know they're united with all these people as well you know yeah. so it uh, gives them the strength and they gave me one of those coins and and I was sort of thankful but they didn't explain it and it wasn't until I went to um to Chicago to the Wounded Warrior Project, which are the war veterans. So they deal with about a million war vets go through their program every year. And um, I sat down, I talked, and we chewed the fat about their programs and why moving forward so important. And, and I was so impressed with them. Like, they were, you know, they were trying to get everyone off, off the pills and, uh, or off the pharmaceutical medication. And also they, they had a therapist, but they didn't push anyone on the therapist. They really just about, people moving forward with life and um you know uh, and I've had this conversation with a few uh, vets that I know before and they're like you know our life is about we're trained to move forward we have to keep going forward but the difference is we're getting told to move forward you know when you come out and you're in that for like 4 years 6 years 20 years and then you come out and you've got to do it yourself you know it's uh that's when you know the wheels start to fall off a little bit, or how, uh, you know, as you'd know, like, people who are in the military, you know, they're in control of multi-million dollar aircrafts, helicopters, teams, this yeah. and that, you know, like, they're, they're so well respected, and they run all these things, but yet, then they come out, and they're a janitor at a school or something, you know, and they're like, fuck, how's it got to this, you know what I mean? So. So we, we spoke about things like that and just how to um, keep those skills relevant uh, for the veterans when they're coming out and, and understand that these are still skills that they've learned, that they just got to adapt into this life now. And the same thing, just moving forward, but they also worked with, um, with the partners. You know, they understood that it wasn't just the, the soldier themselves who, who went to war, like the partner who was at home and the kids, they also went there as well. Or, or the, the the new partners that come into their, these people's lives to uh, to understand you know what they might be going through on a day-to-day basis so super amazing like um, the talk and uh, like I can't wait to get back over there and do more work with them they' just got all the time in the world for those guys they're just doing it right and what was amazing is what you touched on before is you know I the guy who runs the programs there, I'd never met him in my life and he didn't know me. We didn't know too much about each other, but just the commonalities of that we're doing intuitively that we knew that worked, you know, and being able to bounce off each other to go, Hey, you know, yeah, this is it, you know, keep moving forward, keep this positive, you know, like we were saying there, you know, it's just everyone who's doing these things, it's, you know, people trying to confuse it and make it this massive thing and it's so impossible to get past and all this. But when, when you break everything back down, it's, it's to its simple form. Well then life becomes just that little bit more easier, you know? So it's, um, so it's cool. But yeah, they gave me a coin as well, a challenge coin and they did a proper handshake and they all stood around and they really explained it to me, you know, like what the coin meant. And it was uh, like, I was like, wow! Like, I was so grateful for it, and um, like, I carry it with me everywhere. I carry those two coins with me everywhere I go. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's you know, like, it's amazing, you know, um, uh, of what they do, and, and just that whole coin thing, you know, building those people together, and knowing that you know they're not alone and, and everything. So, so it was cool, and then yeah, back on the Route sixty six. So, uh, you know what's What's more blokey than a guy, six foot three guy with, with tattoos riding a Harley down Route 66, you know? <laughs> and what was funny about that is, you know, I'd see people and they'd go, Oh, what are you doing? And I'd say, Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm traveling across the country teaching youth and males about meditation. And they're like, You're doing what? You look like a bank robber. <laughs> 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 meditation, you know? So it was, uh, but it was good. Like, and then, and that's what I wanted. That whole thing for that whole persona of you know the tough bikey, rata rata sort of look is uh, one so I could connect with different bikies and different hardened guys along the way, but um, also so they could say right well if he's doing it maybe I should look into it as well hmm. you know and that, that was the whole thing again it was just basically giving permission for blokey men men to uh, to explore something else.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, it's such a common trait, not just in America. It's the same here in UK. It's the same in Australia. Um, yeah. New are dealing everywhere, like, especially in Western society, really, where men just don't like talking about stuff, and they keep a lot of it bottled in. But also, men aren't very open-minded either. So, prime uh, example, I've been to some really good uh, personal development events here in England, and I've turned up, and I've probably been about one of 15 guys there out of like 200 people, the rest were women. Yeah. Um, and the guys have been like, you know, oh, what do you want to go for that, to that for? You know, do you need a cuddle? Um, <laughs> and it's just that they take the mic first, but they've got their own demons though, you know what I mean? And, it's, uh, and it's, it's, such a, it's such a problem, of guys not opening up. So doing that kind of stuff is absolutely amazing. And that's all it takes sometimes to create that little domino effect, create that little ripple in the pond. To more guys, especially, um, take note of it. Come out more open-minded um, and and get more involved in stuff like that, and and open up about other issues. Um, like you you you've said previously, you know, you went through your own suicide attempts and your own mental health problems. Um, I, I too have, you know, I do what I do. Speak about it so often because that's my therapy. So when I, if I'm doing talks or even talking to personal clients about it or in large groups about everything I've seen and unfortunately been through and stuff like that. Like that's my therapy. So, um, and but at the same time I utilize those bad experiences and use them as strengths to help other people because yep. it helps people open up. But, um, in terms of, uh, just getting people involved in doing more stuff, um, meditation is becoming a lot more popular. Um, but obviously you talk about it and then you get a lot more guys like, Oh, you do that for, you know, and you experience that as well. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's all like yoga and Zen and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the, uh, the, the one breath tour that you've done, um, to do all the meditation and that and use the, um, use the points of breathe, accept, um, adapt and keep moving forward. Stuff that you've talked about, already like um just just briefly talk us through like the process of that and you know from when someone first starts like what's the um what's what's the the goal here when it comes to like the meditation and the breathing and accepting adapting
1: so for me so the skate across america the 56 days was you know basically i did the first paddle and then demons had left my shoulders and i'm like right okay where are they gone you know, I've had good weeks, bad weeks, good months, bad months. You know, I've been on a roller coaster for the last 34 years of my life. Have they gone? Like, what's happened? Um, I didn't want to come out and say, hey, I've just cured myself of PTSD. You know, it's, uh, I needed to test it. Like, I would never say anything. I'd never come out and say anything or advise anyone anything unless I knew 1 million percent, like, without a doubt, full knowledge and explore it afterwards. So that's what the three-day test was was about in, in Phuket, was to push myself to absolute breaking point, which I did. You know, I, my body completely shut down three miles before the end. and You know, and but I wasn't negative about it. I was positive because nothing negative from my past, no emotional pain from my past came forward. So I knew I had something special happening in the ocean. And then, um, then the skate was 56 days. So I knew I had 56 days just doing something simple from going from point a to point b and work out what the hell happened to me on the paddle and what's how did i get through everything else in life one common thing that people always say to me is how are you able to keep going you know not just in my physical challenges but in my life challenges also and i never really had an answer so i'm like well i need to find out what this answer is how was i able to how can i dissect this all the way back down so you know, I thought about everything and I was doing and again, you know, going back into as a kid growing up, you know, endurance, being able to keep skating and I fought for 11 years. So, you know, I was just, how was I able to keep going there? And I'd never sit down in between rounds. I'd always make sure I stayed standing up and, um, you know, always trick myself and trick the other opponent that I wasn't tired and I wasn't worn out. And um, so again, you know, it started, so I started thinking about my breath. It was all about breath work, keeping calm, keeping calm with my breath. and. So everything sort of just started coming on that way and then again the more, I just started dissecting things down and then putting these tools to the test on the skate during different challenges and working out and playing around with it and really exploring it until I got to a point where I was knowing that, you know, every time a challenge came, I was able just to just breathe and just be able to keep on moving forward, you know, and and not, not, um, not build things up, you know. There's so many cliche things like you can't change the past, you know, remember to breathe, all those sort of things, so many bumper stickers. But it's about putting all those bumper stickers together, basically, you know, and, and having a real connection with it, not just not just having the words and not just saying the words that are connected from someone else's breath or who someone else has come up with. It's really about owning those words yourself and owning your own breath. I mean, when you break things back down, it's, you know, we have three simple pillars that... that continuous forward and that's you know connection with our breath connection with ourselves, and connection knowing that time keeps moving forward and so do we you know and uh, when we go through trauma you know it's about keeping those those three pillars together and not separating um so yeah so i mean that's that's what that, that whole ride and everything was about and um you know to be able to share that with with other people and you know um it's funny, like when I come up with a, with one breath meditation, and I first did it, I was sitting on the beach in Australia and I had 12 men sitting in front of me. And these are men that would usually therapy that was going to the pub, having a couple of pints, you know? And uh, here I am sitting on the beach and I couldn't help but laugh at the start of this And I said, look at you guys. When did you think you'd be sitting on the beach doing meditation? And I just like, looked and went, Never, you know, but it got started and the movement from it, you know, and, um, you know, from uh, being able to instill these things into people. And I've always looked at meditation, traditional meditation, and always saw that it's a good start, but there were some flaws in it. Um, You know, I could see people that they get either too frustrated that they can't meditate because they think they need to sit just quiet and have a quiet mind in a quiet place. And I'm like, well, that doesn't even make sense, you know if you've got a busy mind and you go to a quiet place, the only thing that's noise and distracting is your busy mind, you know? So I was like, oh, okay, so things got to change here. And it, I was out surfing this one day at Nias in Indonesia and it was decent size. And my mate, he did uh, meditation every morning before we went out and he got caught on the inside. And I could just see him. I was in the channel paddling back out, I could just see him panicking and, I was just like, "Come over here." I said, "What's going on?" He had to take off, and later we had this chat, and he's like, oh, "I just went into anxiety. I couldn't handle it." And what do you do? And I sort of started telling you, you know, some breathing things that I do when I get caught on the inside of big waves. And you know, he was. Uh, I could see him the next day. He he got caught, and he started doing it. So again, I started to think, okay, it's you know, traditional meditation's got its place, but because uh it was made you know 5000 bc and by some guru sitting out in the jungle that didn't have instagram or anything on their phone or all this other stuff going on you know it was like um, i'm sure he had his stuff he had to deal with but not like now it wasn't as complex you know so because trauma is pretty complex we need to add different elements in there but, you know there's not just one there's not just one thing that we do and and it's going to cure like you can't just see the one therapist and you're going to be cured of everything you can't just have the one pill and cured of everything you can't just go surfing and be cured of everything you know we need we need a combination of things you know we, we need to to suit uh what's going on with our life now and, and with the trauma that has happened and, and the build-ups it's not just usually it's not just one thing it, you know it's a snowball of things that have happened throughout our life that have piled on in different sorts of ways, you know, different sorts of trauma that we've been through um, to make us the way we are. And then also what, uh, what we do to ourselves and how we treat ourselves, you know, as, as well with drug and alcohol abuse and all that sort of stuff, you know. So, um, so, yeah, so basically what I ended up doing is just combining everything, you know, like thinking of everything that I've learned along the way and uh, what I've done intuitively as well, and just really dissect everything out um, using EMDR therapy. Which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. So just like works on a rapid eye movement, which is one of the things I was doing in uh, in the ocean. Just naturally when I was paddling, you know, my eyes are looking around for sharks and whitecaps and reefs and jellyfish, and you know, naturally darting around while all these emotions from my past were coming forward. I didn't know what it was called until I saw a, a friend of mine who's a therapist, and I was telling him, he's like, "Oh, it's EMDR therapy." And I'm like, "Oh, it's got a name." Okay, cool. Um, you know, and then, you know, just working on the breath and then the mantra alms and, you know, um, uh, working to your back into your intuition and, and just, uh, watching babies, how they breathe and how they are and how they play and everything as well, you know, and uh, really just getting back down to that, that raw foundation of what we do naturally before we're influenced by everyone else around us yeah. and uh, just how we breathe and how we breathe into, into our belly and, you know, we're not chest breathe and, um, just, you know, and how, what's our life source, you know, is oxygen, you know, and keeping ourselves calm. So, you know, the more oxygen we can get in in a calm way, but also release all that carbon dioxide as well. So it's like, it's a complex form, but it's not complicated as well. You know, I've, um, I've done the hard work, so other people. Don't have to, Is the way I see it. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's what I, uh, you know, share with other people now is that, and um, so yeah, so it's called One Breath Meditation. So I ended up writing a book on it, and it's getting published at the moment by a publishing company out of New York. And um, so, yeah, so that should be out soon. And um, so, yeah, so I mean, it's cool, and I just so that's what the One Breath tool is all about. You know, it's just about teaching people that and just, um, you know, being able to break it down. I mean, everything starts with one breath no matter what we're doing, you know? And uh, like I said, it's our life source. It's how we started. You have that breath of life and then, you know, you're away, you know? So to be able to have that connection with your breath and take that moment out of any anxiety or argument or, or, or stress or depression that you're in at that moment, get out of that headspace, out of that monkey mind to be able to breathe into your belly, hold it for two and release slowly through your mouth. The, the three conscious decisions that you have to make that's gonna, that's gonna take you away from whatever's happening in front of you.
0: Wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. it's like, I, I think it's an awesome thing you've done and that you're projecting it and cascading it to so many people out there because, I, well, we, we all know there's so many people out there that need that help, need that bit of inspiration. And um, one thing I found as well, especially being ex-military and um, going on the coaching role as well is that a lot of guys who i've spoken to especially in the last couple of months there has been a hell of a lot who've been struggling who i've reached out to because i've seen cries of help and stuff like that um it's the fact that everything they're saying to me is totally relative i know exactly what they're going from and you know although there's some amazing therapists out there you know the, the the guys and girls tend to not let their barriers down to someone they feel doesn't know really what they're talking about because they haven't been in a trauma situation or they haven't been in the middle of a firefight or, um, you know, their best mate next to them was, you know, shot, killed instantly or blown up, whatever. Um, So I think straight away I always have, like, a score of the upper hand and I can can get down to that level straight away and know exactly where they're coming from and tell them what I've done and what I continue to do. You know, when I have thoughts about (coughs) certain incidents or things that me and my family have had to unfortunately go through um, but, you know, I said to you before, me and my family lost everything. Everything taken away from us. So I Had to leave Australia and come back to UK. And when you're when you physically standing there in your your own garage selling all your kids' toys and that, just so you can like leave the country that you love, is uh, is hard to swallow. For example, on top of like, Afghan and Iraq tours and all the rest of it. So um, when I chat to guys and girls that are really struggling, straight away I can I've got that connection with them and it, it works really well. Um, mm-hmm so i 'm definitely going to uh, study a lot more into your into your one breath of meditation. I think it's a really amazing thing and uh, what I'll do is i'll definitely put some some links to some of the info and in that on uh, on your show notes for sure um, yeah. So moving forward then Damien, um, what what 's next for you in the land of uh, challenges and craziness and travel because uh, i mean you 're living in El Salvador at the minute
1: yeah uh, yeah i 'm in El Salvador. you know' it's, uh... I love it here. It's amazing. You know, I'm at a place called uh, Mazata Point Hotel and I'm uh, about to build um, like their retreat programs and have people come out here and it's, you know, we've got beautiful waves and everything here at the moment. It's beautiful volcanic um, black beaches and stuff. So the minerals coming out, like when you're walking along, you look back and it's like just jungle around and, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing, a pretty special place. I, I'm grateful to be able to be here and, uh, and start running some programs out of here and do some uh, Privates as well. and uh, But, yeah, I mean, I just keep on doing some talks around the U.S. as well and um, keep sort of shedding the message. And then uh, this year coming up, I'll, I'm uh, creating a TV series of uh, 11 different challenges that I'm going to do. Again, <laughs> it's just uh, they're not endurance ones, but they're all extreme. Uh, most of these challenges, someone, well, at least maybe one person's done it. Uh, but no one's done all eleven. They might have done one, maybe two of them, but not all eleven of them. So they're all very different disciplines. Uh, it's a lot of training, a lot of mental side that I have to go into, and you know, like surfing an 80-foot wave or, or, or free climbing El Capitan with no ropes, and you know, different things like that. Um, you know, and, and again, it's they're not they're, they're high risk, but um, because I don't live with doubt, uh, I've got no doubt that I'll end up doing them. Um, and I'll succeed in them, and I'll get through them all. Um, so there's that. I've I've got to finish off my book, so I'm writing my memoirs at the moment. Um, so uh, so that'll be cool that, when that comes out. And so I'm just kind of working on those things at the moment. And uh, yeah, just you know, do what I can. It, it's Child Abuse Awareness Week at the moment, so I, there's like nine uh, events that are going on all around the world, especially in Australia, sort of this week and we just did a paddle out here for January 3rd for like an annual pack-a-day, Paddle Against Child Abuse Day. Um, uh, because that January 3rd was the day I first set off on my paddle, the Bondi. Um, so yes, yeah, so we did a paddle out here. It was about 12 people that paddled out and we sat out in the water and splashing water around and, and uh, just gave some love and freedom to, uh, to those who have lost their lives through child abuse and uh, those who are still struggling at the moment. Uh, so it's super important for me. And uh, so I'm super happy to be to be able to have this podcast with you today because it's a really special day for me as well. Um, it gets a bit emotional for me today as well when I stop mm-hmm. and think about it. Not just, you know, not just because it's, it's a day that, that set off in my journey of saving my life, but, um, you know, just the, the millions of people's lives that um, that I've been able to have an impact on over, over the last five years because of it, you know, and um, for people to be able to, do events and hit me up and want to support and uh, organise different events all over the world. You know, knowing that it's you know it's not about raising money. It's just you know about getting people moving forward. And you know it's uh, yeah, it's I mean it's super super <laughs> exciting for me. You know, just to know that there's other people out there like really. Given a shit. You know? Yeah, exactly. You do these do these things, and you think, yeah, yeah I might the only one thinking this way. Come on, you know, only <laughs> we'll more people. But, uh, but yeah, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, I know. and it, it, again, it all comes down to just um, making people so much more open-minded and not so self-absorbed with you know the hundred mile an hour life that so many of us live, uh, especially here in England. You know, it's just everything's just all about the rat race here and uh, the country's obsessed with mortgages for example you know that, that's another conversation but yeah um, the more people open their mind the more people will engage in like there's so much more out there there's so much more opportunity there's so much like room to live you know um but i mean have you got plans to come to the uk at all
1: uh look i keep getting asked to go over there so you know i'll definitely get over there at some stage how long I'm here for? I'm not sure. You know, this this is a pretty good place to to base myself and uh, to uh, to run these retreats out of for sure. But uh, yeah, but I'll, I want to get over to the UK and and do some talks over there and um, yeah, get around. I've been to the UK before a long time ago. I, I was uh, I was in Brighton and New Cornwall for a bit and, and that it's
0: uh, in the waves.
1: Yeah, I was working at the walkabout there as a chef oh. actually. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, so I definitely want to go over there and, and just uh, help a little bit more and just sort of spread the word a little bit more and uh, just do what I can, you know, like everywhere I go. It's it's kind of like a, this is, you know, I wouldn't say it's a job, but it's kind of like a full-time job for me as well. Like everywhere I go is my mind's always uh, focused on this. You know, uh, 80%, as I said, 85% of my life is... Is this is what it is? You know, how can I get a message out to other people? And uh, you know, I said I, I've gone through the struggles, so other people don't have to. And you know, I'll just keep keep doing that, um, keep pushing. And it's just what's embedded into me now of uh, of who I am. And you know, there's um, I've had times where I'm like, well, do I need to go back to a normal life and just get a normal job? But I just I can't. You know, this is uh, this is just who I am. And I still have my tough times. Like got nothing to do with my, my past at all. But it's, um, you know, I still have tough moments as everyone does in life, you know, like traveling in the world, you know, there's still money issues, loss of bags and this and that, all sorts of stuff goes on in life. Uh, but, uh, you know, I get by and, uh, uh, you know, um, I, I, like I, I do all right. And as I said, you know, we're, I'm in El Salvador living right on the sand. You know, it's just beautiful waves. I've already been out surfing this morning and it's just amazing food and beautiful people and, you know, life's, life's not too bad,
0: eh? No, nah, that's good. It's what you make it, isn't it? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, um, I'll be sure to put all your contact details and all your yep. tags for your social media platforms in the show notes along with uh, your website. I thoroughly recommend people checking your website out. It's really good. You see all the uh, amazing challenges that, that Damon's done uh, and all the amazing work he's doing around the world to helping people, especially with mental health, uh, and all the amazing awareness that he's creating you know, for, for against child abuse, uh, which is such a huge thing uh, in pretty much all around the world. So, um, Damon, thanks so much, mate, for breaking up your surf and paddle times, come and join, join us on the show, uh, and spread so much amazing wisdom and, and inspiration for like everything you, you're doing and you've done. And I'm, I really hope that everybody listening can take away so much, uh, powerful messages that you, you shared with us, especially about, you know, keep moving forward, uh, and taking yourself out of your comfort zone and putting yourself in situations where you, you really need to test yourself and you'll find out who you are. Um, right. more and more, the more people can do that, you know, the better your, everyone's general mental health is going to be. And the more that we can, we, the more we can spread that message and help more people. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Honestly, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It's been fantastic. Um, it's been quite nice looking at the scenery behind you, seeing how nice the weather is. <laughs> it, gives me a, it gives me a great lift. Um, but yeah, um, and I will be, I'll be in contact though later on uh, about an event we're running here in UK, which is a big uh, mindset and mental health event that we're going to host soon, sort of like uh, later on in the year. So I'll definitely hit That's you off about like that. Yeah, awesome. Um, but for me and, and all the listeners, like, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, I wish you all the best in all your challenges for later on in the year.
1: Thanks, mate. And uh, congratulations on your podcast as well. Again, you know, that's, that's stepping out of your comfort zone and, and putting yourself out there just a little bit more and, you know, you've got the right intentions and so long as your right intentions are there and your morals are there, you know, things work out. You've know? you got your breath. As long as you got your breath, you're yeah, all right.
0: that's it. Awesome. But well, guys and girls, uh, you've heard an amazing amount of value and awesome content today from Mr. Damien Ryder. Uh, make sure you check out all this stuff, guys, um, uh, especially if you're looking to get in a meditation and, and stuff like that. But if you're in a bit of a dark place, um, if things aren't going too well for you, if you're surrounded by negativity, take on as much as you can of what Damien has shared today with everybody. Because... Um, just some of the challenges that he's gone out there and done he's pushed himself to the extremes just to find out who he is and what he's about you don't have to do the same things but just get out there and try something that's going to test yourself and you'll find day after day that you really can become the best version of you goodbye